Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we getting into today? Okay, I was a little confusing, but okay, I got it. I think I can do it. Okay, call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week, we're going to talk about how God is a person. Hmm. I see Clara's confused. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Bible <laughs> Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. And of course, another week, another day, another dollar or no dollars for us yet for now. <laughs> um, I mean, we're rich in spirit. Uh, La Clara and we see everybody. How are you? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm erratic. I'm spastic. I don't know what I'm doing. I had a, a dissociative experience less than an hour ago. I'm still recovering. I'm, I feel like I'm still floating above my body. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to talk about how God's a person, though, later. But um, how you been? Hopefully better than me. Um, not bad. Actually, not bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it must suck to be the mentally stable friend. You know what? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, not bad, but nothing new and exciting either. So just same old, same old. Oh, Clara. Well, no. There's some exciting stuff happening for you, maybe. What is it? Do the Bible babes know about your, like, the fact that you're, like, a nail artist? Like, a nail star? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, can we tell the Bible babes that? Like, don't we want to share about our lives with the people that listen to us weekly? Yeah, you guys, for those of you that don't, don't know, Clara on the side is like a nail artist. She's a nail tech. She's so right. dope. And I mean, you got, what you have right now is super. Yeah, I'll do, I always do my own nails. So whatever. Show the camera. Whatever they see. And here. normally they're more elaborate yeah, than this. Today is just like basic purple and black, but. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, Clara, Clara, <laughs> could you sound more enthused, more excited? Give me something. Uh, uh, you you know, I'm not good at promoting myself. That's my, that's actually my problem. But we got to get better at that. Enough, enough, enough. I've seen people with less talent doing the most promotion. I know. And they're getting more clients than I do probably because of that. And but. it really isn't even about talent that I've known. I'm like really realizing that if there are people with who have way stronger work ethic and a relentlessness to persevere that, that is that in and of itself is the talent that'll take you places, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, but anyways, I really do feel like I'm still floating out of my body. You want to tell what happened? Or no. <laughs> I don't want to tell anyone. I don't want to take it to the grave. Okay. I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to know. Okay. Then I had a panic attack on the train. <laughs> I had a panic attack. Actually, this one, the, the, this one was really bad. <laughs> you guys had a panic attack, a track attack a on track? the train. Is that what you can't breathe? <sighs> Let me tell you how it starts. Okay. And it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. Like, and it is paralyzing. It's quick. It's sharp, but it lays you out. Hmm. So the, I, 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 I um, ugh. Um, stop floating, come back. Yeah, I really, dude, having an, I don't know if any of the listeners have had like a dissociative or when they dissociate, it kind of feels like you're 
like your for I don't know how else to explain it, but like your soul it rips out of your body, and you're like not there. Like you're seeing yourself almost sort of weird. Oh, I've read about this. Like I've never experienced it, but I know some people they they all like explain it the same way that it's just like you're fully conscious. It's not that you're half asleep or on, or high on drugs or anything. You're fully conscious, and it's almost like that. Like like. Like you come out of your body and, and like you can see yourself, but you're not here. That's yeah. It's so weird to me because I've never experienced anything. So I don't know. How to it's do. only happened to me this well, this time and then the, the time before, like three times total in my life. And this was I keep telling today you, was I know, like, I, I keep telling you, I think your brain is more advanced than... No, why are you like, keep saying yeah. No, what does you that mean? You have these things. It's just like short, short secret thing a little bit. And now... You, you can't process it because it's more advanced than ours, so... The, the, no, I don't think... I think it's, like, degenerative. No, I don't... No. Well, no, no, no. I don't want to You have all these traits that, that's that a joke. to me, is, like, <clears throat> more advanced. Okay, well, say that about other things. Not about me dissociating. Um, and the color stuff, too. Oh, like, the, that's okay. another more advanced way of experiencing, like, richer way okay, of you experiencing guys, You have life. to let some of the listeners know. She's talking about... Because I can t taste... Like sounds sometimes is what she's talking about oh. synesthesia or whatever. Okay, yeah. But but, but before I we go into the synesthesia, which we may not go into, and like I don't want to. People get on drugs to feel this, and your brain is naturally doing it. You know what? And you I'll know take the normal brain for a little bit more peace <laughs> of mind. I'm so depressed, like oh, legit. Mama, like no. I don't want to laugh at this. Let's laugh. No, let's laugh at this. I don't want to laugh at you being depressed. I I am so depressed right now. I was walking to the gym. Oh, but thankfully I haven't let it like not like i'm not not working out like i'm working right. out it's, i'm eating right it affect you like that like, no stop your life but boy do i feel it honestly i think it's the the treatment it's obviously working like you know my medicine is working mm -hmm. whatever anywho um <clears throat> oh this is how i knew it was bad obviously what happened pa the panic attack on the train Anyone who's had a panic attack before, like, it affects your speech. You're probably going to see me struggle with speech today a little bit. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. um, but the first, I feel it like, you know how you get um, when your foot falls asleep? Oh, see. I love so it. I feel it on my chest and then on my face. It's like the, that foot, the tinglies. Mm. No, and, the, yeah. and, then it, and then it's heat. So it's like. The tingles and then heat, and that's when I knew it was a panic attack because, oh, like I said, I've had it two other times sure. before, and this would be the third time. And then it just sinks into the back of my neck or wherever I have the most, like, tension, tension and I freeze. Like, and then, like, it's literally like, my hands curl up, and I, it's like I freeze and I can't move out of it. Fuck. I can't move oh. out of it. At least this time it wasn't, there wasn't, like, breathing issues but normally there's like breathing issues where i have to remind my body to breathe Wah. to live <laughs> yeah um yeah and then but the 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 good part about panic attacks is that they're rather quick sometimes even though in the moment they don't feel that way but um, yeah, I was crying on the train. She says every, every, how many people in New York City have cried on the train? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I have cried on the train too. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of Everyone? like your initiation for being in New York. <laughs> um, 
And then I thought, okay, but you know what? It has been pretty bad. Sleep's been bad again, which triggers the main, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's been happening a little bit. And then also yesterday when I was walking to the gym, I do this thing sometimes. This is when I know it's bad. Like, and I'm just thinking about this right now. I was like, oh, wait, there were signs. There were signs. Is I'll do stupid, foolish, terrible things. Like, like, like I don't know why I do it, but sometimes I'll just like, cross the street without looking or like I'll close my eyes while I'm walking. Yeah, things like that. I mean, I've crossed the street without looking. No, no, I mean like without looking. Not looking both ways. I mean like I'll close my eyes and not look. While you're crossing the street? Yeah. No, Brianda. I know. So I. No, I know. I know it's really bad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, stop. Because I want to ask more questions, but I don't want to do it. Ask more questions. No, I don't want to do it. On camera. Okay, fine. <laughs> but ask more questions because what if they have questions? Are you doing, like, is crossing the street with your eyes closed? The, the street wasn't busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're not crossing Canal Street at 6 p.m. No, that no, I know. no, no, no. But um, is that, because I know you've suffered since early age, With thoughts. Okay, trigger warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. I know you've suffered trigger. from from young age with thoughts. Um, what? What? Ah! <laughs> what? I know you suffer from younger age um, with thoughts. Um, suicide. Yeah, suicide yes. thoughts. Sewer. We're saying suicide. Sewer. Sewer side. Sour side. Sour side. Oh, side love thoughts. it. Yes. Um, does this have anything to do with it or is just common? Yeah, stuff like this. Yeah. So you're like, uh, is 0.5 part of you is wishing that you're closing your eyes. So someone takes your life. Uh, away? yeah, probably. But here's the thing. I don't know this in the moment. In the moment, yeah, it feels just, like, a. it's an illness, <laughs> like, I don't I know, know yeah. but like, yeah, it like, or, or yeah, it just feels like, oh man, maybe life would be better. Like, uh. Or like testing it, like, mm, where are you at? And you know, I told you that recently I've been having my, I've been wrestling with, wrestling with God, wrestling with my, it's the, like the last, the last week has been really tough for my faith. Mm -hmm. Like I've been tried, I've been tried. And mm -hmm. we had our end of the month Bible Babe Zoom where we dissected the movie on Esther. Mm -hmm. And there is this line that Mordecai says, and it's like, uh, it's, it's, he says, Lord, have you forgotten us? And it's, I've been having it like a week like that, or like Jacob, Jacob in the wilderness, wrestling in an angel. It kind of feels like that where I'm like, it doesn't feel like I'm. I was going to say it doesn't feel like he's not showing up for me, but it's probably I'm not showing up for him as much. You know, like I also wait. I also haven't been praying. You know what I mean? So it's all a domino effect, you know. Um, and also with the I'm just we're just dissecting it here. I don't know. By the way, we didn't know we were going to talk about this, guys. Yeah. We never know what we're going to talk about during these. <laughs> but with the crossing the street thing, I don't know. Maybe it's like me being like, hey, pay attention to me. Hey, I'm in danger. Pay attention to me. You know? Yeah. 
doesn't make sense. It's no, not no, no. okay. Yeah. It's just I and but wait the the po- the positive. Let's look at some positives here. These attacks, man, they're alarm systems for us. Okay. Something is not working right now with you. There's something like, hey, man, like. Uh, like, are they uh, triggered by something that, like... No. Well, yes, just anxiety is. But panic attacks can happen sporadically. They happen when... I was fine. It yeah, like, there wasn't something on the train that made you feel anxious and that triggered it. It's just, like, an ongoing anxiety that you have that eventually will just, like, pop. I am... I don't know, man. Okay. I'm just tired. I'm just so tired. I'm tired of like being on survival mode. I think, like, I just want to be at peace, and I haven't been at peace. It feels like I haven't been at peace like ever, and I've just been surviving. Mm. And that's outside of things, you know. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about relationship this is like bigger than that (laughs) you know i'm sensitive okay i don't know i don't know what's going on part of the story is there are things that i can control and there are things that i can't and i'm struggling with the things that i feel like i can't control what this is a bible show and i haven't mentioned god once right like but if you know you cannot control them then why why do they stress you if they're out of your control like, uh, you don't ever stress about the weather. And that's a very poor example. But, like, you know it's something that's not on, under your control. So. Um, because uh, uh, I'm depressed. <laughs> I, I think that's just, I've just been, been a, in a lull. It's just been tough. It's been tough to see the bright side. And I just, I'm having a really tough time connecting. Hmm connecting with my faith recently it's been tough and i've been trying to lean on my circle and it's almost like they're making it worse like my christian circle i mean mm-hmm. i'm like oh man which just tells me that i need to i need to, i need to be with god or honestly this is going to sound um, this is something that maybe my brothers and sisters know but a fast, like a proper fast. And Ramadan it, is coming. Ramadan? Just like join <laughs> Ramadan? Ramadan is around the corner, if you want to join. Uh, a little bit of background on Ramadan. Okay, well, Ramadan is, uh, you know how every religion has their uh, time of the year where you're like, kind of cleansing yourself and like reconnecting more. I think for Christians is uh, La Quaresma. And for Jewish people, it's, what's? what's I don't know the Jews. Oh, they, it's called. Um, uh, the, no, yeah. I know what it is. Wizzy was joking about it the other day, right? Yeah. Uh, the, um, I don't know Hanukkah, the name of it. something like that. What happened? Hanukkah? No. No. What's that? <laughs> No, they eat during Hanukkah. No, it's it's the point where they're fasting. Just oh it. boy, we're gonna have to chop this up. Let's take Jewish it. Jewish fast. Let's take it from the top. Yom Kippur. Oh, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Yes. Yeah. I never like that's the first time I ever heard 
this <laughs> my whole life. Well, you know me, I'm not very... <clears throat> it's okay. Wait. I'm quite ignorant when it comes to religion because I grew up very far away from religion. I grew up with no religion too, babe. I get it, but... We have a little bit of a, of a kinship there. Yeah. We grew up in a household sans church, sans reading the scriptural text. I didn't even know the story of the Bible. Well, well, you know. I didn't even know the story. Yeah, no, no, no. Until I was an, an, an adult, mm. I didn't know. Wait, but you didn't give us what Ramadan. So basically, yeah. Ramadan, you know how every religion, you have like a period of time where you're like more connected with God, like a holier time where you just like, you, you put an emphasis on your practice and your, you know, detox from, I guess, the world here, you know, and just like, it, it usually... Every religion has some sort of fasting or intermittent fasting or like period of time where you eat less of certain foods. Ramadan, basically, you, it's, you're supposed to not eat. It's certain days. It goes with the moon. So every year changes the dates. You're supposed to not eat during sunset, uh, sunrise and sunset. You can drink, not even water, or eat food. And then as soon as the sun goes down, you can eat. You have you always have to pray before you eat, like, but that's normal. Like, Muslim people, same as Christians, you have to pray mm -hmm. before you eat. But during Ramadan, the prayer is different. It's like, I don't know if it's more ex more extends or like a different special prayer that they do for Ramadan. I do know that they have to wash their hands and their feet in a certain way every single time before they um, do like the Ramadan prayer. They also you have to abstain yourself from like any uh, not sin because usually you're supposed to abstain yourself from why no no I'm gonna put the camera on you because you're laughing no what no is can that? I tell you why I'm laughing what is it I'm so bad <laughs> because it's not something else I mean no oh. no I feel bad because you know I've been so horny lately my brain automatically went to the Muslim TikToker that's so fine. And well, he's about to be off sex be, for a minute. I so. know for Ramadan, and the whole time you're saying this, I was thinking. I mean, I'm still a Christian, but I could support my man doing his Ramadan. <laughs> <laughs> my man in my head. I'm literally losing my man. Oh, <laughs> uh, Clara, you know sometimes I, and it doesn't happen often, but on seasons like the one I'm currently experiencing, I'll have these thoughts. Sometimes I'm like. Lord, I wish I never even opened Pandora's box. I wish I didn't even have sex to begin with. You know? Anyways, no. if you're Muslim and you listen to this show, please give us some information. Because our Googles are, yeah. you know, sometimes Google just be confusing you even more than the initial yeah, Google. The initial question inquiry. Wait, wait. I'm, everything that I'm reading, though, this is BBC, like... Human sexuality and relationships. Many people look their faith and for guidance on sexual relationships. For Muslims, sex is seen as a gift from Allah to be kept strictly within marriage between a man and a woman. There you okay. go. There that's, you go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I was like, because I know that you have to be a virgin before you marry someone. I know. And I'm not... Oh. But you're wearing a Muslim. I am Muslim. You've never been a Muslim. But you're wearing a um, Christian when you had sex. 
So I wasn't. So you also did other quote unquote sins because you were not, a, uh, and you couldn't repent, no? So that's uh, it, you're safe. Go on. No, I mean, uh, I just got them just stained with the memories of my past. No, you're not. You're good. Oh, pray for me, Bible babes. Pray for me because your girl is hot and apparently losing her mind. So, um, is it time for the story? I think it is. Okay. Don't, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't want to concern anybody. Just, okay. Story. Is that bad? I was going to say something. How do I say it? Clara, say, say it. Something Just say it, Clara. Clara, say it. He said, I don't want to concern anybody. And I was, I was going to say, just send a d Just what? Just send your girl a d <laughs> Where's my camera? <laughs> do you see? Do you see what I have to deal with every day? <laughs> every day. I am fragile. I am delicate. I am horny. <laughs> But she's not wrong. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm just so stressed. This is this is spring, baby. I was telling you, spring makes you a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more hot. Mm. No, I pray that the Lord rid me of these like, these like, these like sensations. It makes it so hard. <laughs> I almost am glad I don't have a boyfriend right now. Like, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I would like, I don't know. I don't know. God has a plan. I'm using this season to get to know him, go through the ups and the downs with him. <laughs> um, we rocking together, baby. Oh, no, not baby. That felt wrong to say. Not baby. But you know what I mean? We're rocking together, father. <laughs> Let's get to this story, please. Let's go. Oh, who is it? Whoever's still listening to this is a ride or die Bible babe. Because I would have been cut off. I would have been like, oh, this girl is lost, child. She is lost. <laughs> and now, this week's story. Today, we're going to be covering Isaiah chapters 10 to 17. Now, that is a lot of ground to cover. But it's only because Isaiah is super long and hearty. And we got to get to so many other amazing books. Okay? So it's a reminder to do your own individual work and read the chapters on your own as well. Because this is just, you know, a, a brief summation with fun little Brianda Jazz hands. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, <laughs> before we dive in, here's your refresher on Prophet Isaiah. The book is recognized as a witness to one of the most unstable periods in Jerusalem's history from both political and religious point of view. So around 735 BCE, the nations of Aram and Israel threatened to invade Jerusalem, the capital of the city of Judah, if King Ahaz of Judah didn't join their anti-Assyrian coalition. Later, Assyria invaded Judah to suppress a rebellion by Ahaz's successor, King Hezekiah, in 701 BC. As a prophet, Isaiah delivered messages from Yahweh about these events to political leaders, social elites in Jerusalem, and even enemy nations. 
which we'll get more into later on in this episode. Buckle up, because it's going to get bumpy. <laughs> giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Let's go with this show. Let's go with this show. I'm working in a wonderland of snow. <laughs> Chapter 10 of the book of Isaiah. And Assyria, with whom God is most displeased, is about to bring down the Israelites like the mire in the streets. But in the meantime, God would be using Assyria as the instrument of his wrath, where he would give them charge to attack Syria, Israel, and Judah. God uses the sins of others and remixes them to accomplish his will the way he always does. We already said this, because no sin can thwart the Lord's plans. He's just going to use them for his will. Let's hop into some scripture to see more about the Assyrian judgment. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 10, verses 5 to 7. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger. The staff in their hands is my fury. Against a godless nation I send him, and against the people of my wrath I command him to take spoil and seize plunder and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. But he does not so intend, and his heart does not so think. But it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off nations, not a few. Mm. At this point, it's important to note, once you read the text, you'll know, but the Assyrians were treating kings and princes like gods and mixing Yahweh with other deities. So this is a consequence too. Like it's, it's just because the Lord is going to allow them to take over does not mean that the Lord is co-signing their sin or like being like, Hey, I'm down with this, you know, like, no, what's going to happen. And and you're going to see this with other nations too. The same thing happens with Babylon a bit later. Like he's going to allow them to take over for a little bit while he's restoring the the land by destroying it mm-hmm. and he's using these other nations like pawns in his in the lord's big game of chess jumping off of you know assyrian arrogance right they think they are on top of the world cuz they're taking over israel they're about to take over judah they're like Psst, what we got this clearly the lord's on our side they don't even believe in the lord you know what i'm saying but clearly mm-hmm. they're doing something right They're so arrogant at this time. They're treating objects and things like, like their, their, their identity. They're identified by all of the like advancements that they're making too. Mm. Like that's why they're winning, you know? And, uh, before we move on to the next chapter, I wanted to, uh, say this scripture and this is found same chapter, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 15. Shall the axe boast over him who hews with it, or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it, as if a rod should wield him who lifts it, or as if a staff should lift him who is not wood? Isaiah is telling them, these are things. These are, what are you, 
You're putting all of your identity in on things. High tangy, not high tangy. This reminds me of AI, like artificial intelligence mm. and big and big tech and like all these things. I, I find so many people are uh, obviously in. I'm just assuming and making generalizations for the sake of time, but there are a lot of non-believers in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I wonder why, right. you know, they're constantly consumed by the idea of a future, the singularity, like they're constantly consumed with like these formulas to advance society in this mm -hmm. way. And they're not even thinking about God as an entity who may have had a hand in all of this. They're so identified by the next uh, robot, the next robot, the next self-driving car, mm -hmm. the next, they're putting so much faith in these things. They don't know, they don't call it faith, but by definition, uh, deconstructed, that's what it is. They're putting so much um, hope in technology. And here Isaiah is saying, what? Shall the axe boast over him who hews it? Or the saw magnify itself against him who wields it? As if a rod should wield him who lifts it. I don't know. It's like, we're going to give these items, these things, that much power? I was actually thinking about something else. I was actually thinking about when you, you know, people that give so much value to material things and they feel that without those material things they themselves are not of value mm. like i don't know people that need to dress that brand and above because otherwise you're like not good enough or people that need to have every latest tech, like techie thing that comes out or gadget or i don't know people that you know Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Very good, Clara. Gold star for Clara. I love that. Very good interpretation. I agree. And I think that's what Isaiah is telling him. And he's, he's telling this to as a part of the Assyrian judgment of chapter 10. It's a great chapter. Go on and read it. <laughs> now, naturally, God told Judah not to trust in Assyria as their deliverer when Syria and Israel threatened them because the Lord promised that he would deliver them. But when Ahaz didn't trust in him and instead trusted in Assyria, he used Assyria as his instrument to judge them, including Israel and Syria. And now God is preparing them spiritually for Assyria's attack. The remnant of Israel will be quite small, but when they do return to God after he renews them in strength and confidence, they will no longer lean to the nations that destroyed Israel for strength. And now we're at Isaiah chapter 11. After leaving off this previous chapter with the vision of the proud being left as stumps, God provides the hope of a branch stemming from Jesse. Jesse as in King David's father, as in Jesus's great, 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 grandfather. Yep. And the Messiah, just like this branch, is the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, might, knowledge, fear. And these seven tenets of the spirit of God ain't all that the Messiah is, but it shows the fullness and the perfection of the Holy Spirit, methinks. All right? 
And then we're going to move on to Isaiah 12, where uh, God reckons with Israel and his anger is turned away from them. The people of Israel will be thankful. They will rejoice in the Lord and show more reverence for him than they ever have before. The worshiper of God is excited to see, after now being on God's best side, what lies ahead of them. They accept salvation. So just like I've said before in previous episodes of Isaiah, it's an up and down, up and down. He puts uh, uh, chapters of hope, chapters of judgment. It's a, it's a mixed bag. And here we get to see a little bit of Isaiah showing how people will rejoice when they're on the right side mm. of worship. Okay, let's go to some scripture to see just what Isaiah was talking about. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 to 6. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. A baby high tangy. That's what happens when you have the Lord as your deliverer, you know, like, but what stops us from singing those praises oftentimes is that we think we can be our own saviors. Like, instead of viewing the Lord as his sovereign power, as your sovereign power, you think you're, you're self-sovereign. You are the, the, the commander of this ship. And I think that that's what prevents you from, that's what disconnects. That's the disconnect between you and Yahweh. Okay, are you talking about yourself right now? Maybe. Because that sounds like something you needed to hear. I know. It's funny how the Holy Spirit does that. <laughs> Yours is basically like, a, this is just high tangy, not high, high tangy off the high tangy. High tangy off the baby high tangy. <laughs> Mother because tangy. This show, the more I do it, it, it was so much about like, we have to give the people this, 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 this. this. Y'all, I'll be honest with you. You guys are witnessing live Bible studies with me. Mm. And just like me figuring things out, like as I go, only most people don't expose this. Right. Most people keep this home. Like they study home and then they tell you once they've learned the lesson. Yeah. Or and, whatever, the content. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, when you think I'm talking to you, I'm really talking to me. <laughs> that was for me. As I was listening to him, I'm like, that's exactly what you're going for. Right okay, now. Clara. Thank you for examining that. And also, we got Clara here. How many people can say they have Claras in their life? What a joy. What a joy you are having you here, having all of you here. Thank you so much, everybody. 
Now, where is Will Smith to slap me in the face <laughs> just to switch it up for me, you know? Chapter 13, chapter 13. And God is back on his judgment through Isaiah because Isaiah needs to prepare the people. He needs to prepare the people for Assyrian takeover, for all these other nation takeover, you know? At least we know we have a father who is not just going to leave us high and dry. He, know, I mean, he, he's going to have judgment on us, right? <laughs> it's going to be tough. But he's at least giving us some tools to, you know, buckle up and prepare ourselves, mm. right? And um, you guys didn't catch this because we edited it out. But I was saying that there's an expression in Spanish mm -hmm. called, um, that says, eh, Dios te aprieta, pero no te ahorca. Mm -hmm which Clara, our resident Española, Spanish croquette, what does that mean? Um, it means that, <laughs> I mean, I also speak Spanish. I already saw your face like, ah. Because I was like, fuck, was it squeezed tight in which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> it means that um, the Lord squeezes, but he doesn't choke you to death. Mm -hmm. He'll press his hands on your neck, but he's not gonna, you know, choke you. Yeah. And um, let's hop into some scripture for a little bit more about what Isaiah was telling the people concerning Dios. No. Dios aprieta para no ahorca, okay? <laughs> so Isaiah chapter 13, verses 6 to 8. Wait, for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty it will come. Therefore, all hands will be feeble, and every human heart will melt. They will be dismayed. Pangs and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look aghast at one another. Their faces will be aflame. Um, I guess I selected that one just to show that the Lord is giving them like a heads up. Like this is the level of pain. It's kind of like a doctor. You know, when a doctor, when you go to a doctor and he tells you, all right, so around now you're going to experience some pain, except if you're a gynecologist in America who never tells you when something's painful. <sighs> I'm telling you. Like, what are when we just... When has a gynecologist hurt you? My IUD. Hi, Tangie. Isn't this interesting? How God, through Isaiah, keeps making it plain to them what this pain will feel like, like God of the gyno, okay? Not only is God making his message palatable for these people so they understand what's about to happen to them, it's also kind of ironic how God uses this metaphor specifically. You know, only women know what it's like to give birth. Mm? It's kind of like, I don't know. If you know, you know. But when I break it down a little bit more, God is also letting them know that from his viewpoint, he birthed these people. And his creation has caused him much pain. I know I'm talking really funny, but I really do mean this. You know, so now these people will feel the pain of their creations, their sins, their mistakes, their, you know, their separation. It's just a high tangy, just a thought. You know, if you guys read chapter 13, let me know what you guys think about those verses. Hmm. But anyways, so far in Isaiah, he's been talking to the people of Israel, you know, but mainly the leaders. The next chunk is focused on everybody else. 
That's right. Isaiah is addressing the pagan nations that are next to get slapped on stage at the Oscars. Babylon, Assyria, Philistia, Moab, Damascus. They're all getting Will Smith's hands. Watch that. <laughs> Clara, map here. Or here. Or here. I don't. Where did you put the, put the map? <laughs> Keep the map up. <laughs> okay. These messages are. These messages for these pagan lands are told through oracles. What's an oracle, you may ask? It's simple. It's a prophecy, often obscure or allegorical, told through priests, priestesses, and prophets. Mm. And the next couple of chapters are going to be Isaiah saying a bunch of oracles. And each nation gets one whole chapter. Wow. Of a prophecy. Moab gets two chapters. It's the longest one. So, like I said before, these oracles do uh, run a span of 15 chapters of Isaiah. Uh, chapters 15, 14, 15, 16, and 17, Isaiah is giving oracles to the nation of Babylon, Assyria, Philistia, and Damascus. But right now, I really want to hone in on the oracle given to the Moabites. Now, the chapters found in 15 and 16 for the oracle to the Moabites aren't quite as rough as the other ones were. And Moab gets two chapters, not just a couple verses. That has to mean something, right? Moab was a little different in God's eyes, even though they strayed from him. We even see the Lord mourning in these chapters for the destruction of Moab. Let's hop into some scripture mm -hmm. for this. Isaiah chapter 15. I'm just going to read verse 5, where the Lord says, My heart cries out for Moab. Mm. He, there are other verses as well. Please read uh, uh, chapter 15 of Isaiah. But to see after these other chapters of the Lord talking about destruction and fire and all these things. And then here you have a Lord saying like, like, it hurts me to see you in pain. I don't want you in pain, you know? Wow. <laughs> Anyways, like, but he's talking to the Moabites and the Moabites were, you know, they were pagans. They didn't even believe in him, but he knew that Moabites were distant cousins of the Israelites. You know, at the end of the day, I say this like, yes, the Lord has his chosen people, but we're all his children, you know? Um, and do you remember Ruth? I had mentioned Jesus's great, 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 great-great-grandmother. Oh, you're actually counting? Yes, was a Moabite. Wow. You know, I think I missed one, but... <laughs> it's okay. I don't know. You know what? <laughs> Mom, it's okay. I don't know. Listen, even though it pains God, he is still going to punish Moab for their sins. The Lord is a Lord of justice, as well as the softer things, okay? He is... All of this, the Lord is dynamic. 
he's gonna dish out appropriate judgment for sin, okay? That's true. But he isn't celebrating that. These are all the many colors of God. Fun fact before we wind down today's episode. Did you know that the prophet Isaiah predicted in a detailed and accurate way the overthrow of Babylon by Medo-Persia 200 years before it happened? The prophecy disclosed that the conqueror would bear the name Cyrus. And did. Okay? All of this was accurately fulfilled. It was also correctly prophesied that Babylon would eventually be totally uninhabited, and that also came true. Uh, and with Damascus, I mean, Damascus, there in the oracle you hear Damascus is turned into ruins. Mm -hmm. Like, all of that actually happens. It gets conquered three times, completely obliterated once for sure, and Damascus is still... Damascus today, like it's around, you know, uh, in Samaria, which is not Samaria today, but you know what? I, you, re readers that know. piece of land. Put, put, the, put the map here if we need more uh, uh, context for that. It's just kind of nutty. The one thing I'll say about Damascus before we go into this week's moral of the story is that in the oracle for uh, toward Damascus, I'm trying here, Clara. <laughs> the Lord acknowledges that Israel, his chosen people, and Damascus were almost indistinguishable. They were so intertwined in sin. And if you guys see that map, Damascus and Israel are, are close. They're literally on each other, the borderline. So much so that the people were doing the same things, right? And in the oracle, the Lord says that there's going to be a remnant of his people. Let's go into some scripture, just so I can give it, give, give it some more um, uh, uh, context to what I'm saying. Isaiah chapter 17, verses one to three. An oracle concerning Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease to be a city and will become a heap of ruins. The cities of Ur are deserted and they will be for flocks, which will lie down and none will make them afraid. The fortress will disappear from Ephraim and the kingdom from Damascus, and the remnant of Syria will be like the glory of the children of Israel, declares the Lord. But from this scripture, we hear that God said there will be a remnant in Damascus. As I was saying before, he also blends Damascus and Ephraim, a part of Israel meaning that chunk of Israel was so far gone in that sin pool that Damascus and Ephraim were almost identical. But the Lord will have mercy on them by preserving a remnant in Damascus that will worship Yahweh one day. My last high tangy of the episode. This was such a crapshoot of an episode, guys. I was emotionally done, right? But even with that said... I don't even know if we're going to release this episode. I'm going to be honest with you. I have to listen to this. And maybe we've got to talk to Wheezy, our business manager, um, about our spend. Anyways, um, but one day I want Bible stories to be a remnant. Like if the, the remnant. Como un recuerdo. Like, oh. uh, like, um, yeah, you always say that. Yeah. Uh, uh, something that's preserved. Something that holds value. Something that's timeless. Mm. Like 
I hope one day that we can have Bible stores, even if all of humanity gets obliterated and the internet is the only thing that exists, I would love to have that be a, a little remnant that I maybe, we have our fingerprints on, Clara, you and I. NFT, baby. Or, or NFTs, you know, the, meta, <laughs> the metaverse. I don't know. I want, yeah. So I guess now we can go to moral of the story. Moral of the story is God has many different colors. Sure, he's a sovereign God, but he's also like a person with a personality and different feelings though his feelings never contradict each other, they're still worth learning about because they help us see where God is in the story. The last month of Bible stories with Brianda has been a whole lot of the Lord's judgment. Welcome to the Old Testament. But today we see a softer person. In Isaiah chapter 15, the Lord mourned for the pagan nation of Moab. It legit pained him to see their destruction. Let us learn to see him more fully, man. I mean, we're made in his image, right? So whenever you're wrestling with his sovereignty versus your desire to control your own sovereignty, sometimes it helps to zoom in on the personal layers of God, like a person, someone with real feelings and emotions, Someone who is honest and supportive and sees all the colors in you, too. <gasps> hmm. well, let, me, let me answer this. Okay. Hey, Father. How'd I do? Yeah. I, I think I need a... a Increase my dose of faith. Maybe like 200 milligrams or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'll catch you later. See you next week. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. What's going on? You haven't been calling me recently. What's, uh, are you ghosting me? What's happening? I thought you and I were, were doing this till the end. I thought we were married. Like Jesus is married to the church, remember? Mm -hmm.